Alright everybody, it's finally happened. The Metal Hand of God podcast has finally got an online merch store. It's located at tpublic.com. That's right, tpublic, T-E-E, public.com. Go there, to their website, type in M-H-O-G, and a variety of art designs will pop up where you can put them on t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, Pandemic masks. That's right. We also have pandemic masks. The new fashion accessory for the year 2020 into 2021. We have wall art, notebooks, mugs, pillows, pins, you name it. Hey, you want stickers? Magnets? How about a phone case? That's right. You can get an MHOG phone case just by going to tpublic.com. A variety of sizes and colors, and the quality is hands down the best you're gonna find that's right mhog merch store at tpublic.com you're part of the family might as well really be part of the family and grab yourself an mhogt at tpublic.com thanks for listening to the mhog podcast and for all your support through the years We want to see those t-shirts outside, so go to TeePublic, order your MHOG merch today. TeePublic.com The Metal Hand of God would like to invite you and your friends to join us on an online discussion about all things paranormal. On this episode of Ghost Grabbers. of Ghost Grabbers. Uh, My name is Rum, and today we're going to be talking about guilt, wrongdoings, and trying to get rid of them before you move to the other side. It's an easy concept. Uh, Nobody wants to go uh, and die with regret. I don't want to uh, say you were a You've done a lot of kind of questionable things, maybe even some evil things in your life, but it always seems that when we get really sick or when we know we're on the verge of the end, uh, we want to atone for all of our quote-unquote sins that we've had throughout our lives. At least most people do. It's the, the, the human want of that clean conscience that uh, we, we yearn for before the, uh, the end is near. 
Believe it or not, uh, this is not a new... When I mean new, I mean, you know, within the past few hundred years. This isn't a new concept. Uh, this is a very, very old concept, and I'm going to be talking about one specifically, but just to give you an idea, since the beginning of time, it's been one of those things. It's, it's, it's human nature to want to say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm sorry for being such a bad person, or uh, I wish I would have been able to do this for you, or back in the... Ooh, I'm trying to remember now. I'm trying to remember my history here. It was very popular, this concept that I'm going to be talking about. It was very popular in uh, England, Scotland, Wales, um, uh, 16th century, 18th century. You know, very, very, very popular. Um, the, the term that was used um, when it was specifically done uh, during the times of the Catholic Church. Uh, it was a process which was called sin-eating. Now, sin-eating is basically a person in the village that was called to the location of someone who was about ready to pass, or had just passed, but preferably just before. And what they would do, they would take food, usually a, a, a crust of bread or something, and it would be laid upon the chest of the person who was passing and this was as they left their body when they shed their mortal coil if you will um, the sins of that person would be absorbed by that bread much like um, I think the visual would be um, taking that that crust of dry bread and sopping up the leftover soup out of the bowl that 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 soup would be what was coating the soul would be like the sins of the person and you took that bread and wiped it down and they ate it and took upon themselves the sins of that person now this concept may sound very familiar uh, it's basically freelance Holy Communion if you think about it the whole part of the Catholic Holy Communion would have been you know take and eat this is my body you know do this in remembrance of me this was all a version of that uh, because the Catholic Church says that uh, Christ had died for the sins of the people so this is what basically was moving through the countryside at this time but it was freelance it was it was taking a lot of the job if you will away from the priests and the clergymen because usually at this point in time 1700s, 1600s, the church and the clergy are the ones that were walking around with the money when technically they should have been living as paupers. That's what they were supposed to do. But the church always wanted to get their money. So uh, to help buy food and do things with the church, this was a, you know, people lived at these, these cathedrals and stuff and gave pretty much a lot of power to the the, the, the people that uh, wore the, the robes and wore the collars for the church. So, uh, instead of that money that was supposed to be going to the people of the village who had nothing, the extremely poor, you know, there were, you know, soup kitchens weren't really a thing then. They pocketed it. 
So to get back kind of at the, uh, the church, a very old tradition, a pagan tradition to be exact, was picked back up by the local people who had nothing, and that would be sin eating. If you can imagine, a lot of times you're talking in days of massive disease, boils, just horrific deaths. These people were eating food off these people and off their bodies. It was a gross job. Basically, it was a pretty darn gross job. But usually a family who hired a sin eater believed wholeheartedly that this bread soaked up that loved one's sins. Uh, all their misdeeds, uh, all, all of it. Uh, and then they were given a few coins, whatever the family could afford. But uh, the charisma of these people, the Sin Eaters, is what sold, if you will, this practice to the other local people. Because people were so poor, looked at the church for help, and the church couldn't give them the help they wanted, they started to lose a little faith in the church. So they were looking for other things. And the, uh, the things that uh, stood out were the, the uh, practices of old. Druidic traditions, uh, shamanistic traditions, you know, the, the damned practices of witchcraft. Um, these started to appeal to people on a more mainstream level. It was, uh, it was absolutely a horrible job. Usually, in the end, the people that were sin eaters not only absorbed their sins, they absorbed their plague. But to uh, give you an idea, at one point in time, there were lots and lots of funerals because of disease taking place in the Welsh county of um, Monmouthshire. So they hired this professional sin eater and this is all coming from a story written by Catherine Sinclair, her, her notes from her travel logs. Her description of it described uh, these horrible, horrible-looking people willing to do whatever it took just to acquire a coin, just to eat for the day. So the family would bring the bread. The sin eaters would eat their meal, possibly their only meal, off the dying person. But the family would rest easy knowing that the town wretch had all the sins and their loved one who was apparently above them would go to the afterlife with a clear conscience. Now there's many different types of prayers uh, that the sin eater would say, usually with the body. But uh, this is one of them, give you an idea. It would say something along the lines of, Come not down the lanes, nor in our meadows, and for thy peace I pawn my soul. Amen. Now they say the last known sin eater was a man by the name of Richard Munslow. He died in 1906 in Rattling Hope, that's a village in England. Unlike the majority of sin eaters, who usually came from poor families and were often beggars and drunkards. Uh, Munslow was born in a reasonably wealthy family. Um, 
he just felt drawn to the the the, the calling of becoming a sin eater if you will think of him as um getting the call like like working for the peace corps this was his idea his thought of becoming someone like that 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 helped others that did the jobs that nobody else wanted to do to help the ones that needed you know needed it the most he never took a penny he did this because he loved his fellow villagers so much he was one of those those type of people that apparently you, you just wanted to be around he was absolutely probably according to those that lived in the time was uh, an absolute delight to be around like I said never charged a dime for it he did it uh, and took it all of it upon himself which was basically uh, another really good idea for his family and families like his that were starting to get a bad rap for being very selfish and all about themselves so whether this was intended or not it was a really good PR stunt for him to do this as well it really got the the villagers who were on the verge of starting to be very disruptive because they felt that the rich around them were were too rich and and they had too much control over their lives when you had someone who came out of that families you know, out of that family or any of those type of families that that did something so selfless for the community it was looked upon as uh, well maybe we were wrong these are just good people that just happen to have a lot of money and I guess they're okay you know it, it was you know it's local politics at its finest if you will so Munslow was buried in 1906 very quiet burial a few years had passed uh, since since what he did was not recognized by the church uh, they didn't really talk about it very much until apparently at one time um, there was a um, Reverend Morris he was the vicar at uh, Rattling Hope uh, they had about a hundred residents they gathered for a service for him and uh, led the God's Acre service at the St. Margaret's Church the vicar said that it was a very odd practice uh, the church basically like I said would would not recognize his good deeds uh, but he was going to and a lot of times the, the, the vicars in the area if they got along with their sin eaters um, they would turn a blind eye to the practice because sometimes it was looked at by some as a type of witchcraft being above everybody else holier than thou type of action that should have only been reserved for Christ but since the community loved that sin eater so much uh, and what you know what he gave to the people uh, that feeling of comfort and uh, relief and closure they, they really got behind behind Munslow and doing this it really reserved this man's place in history known as the last sin eater however he wasn't he was just the last well-known sin eater actually that practice still goes on uh, today uh, in uh, many different forms and traditions but uh, back to Monzolo in a few months now this think about this this is 1906 the people raised over a thousand pounds which would be 
like 1100 US dollars now. You know, well, no, it'd be more than that now. 11,000 pounds in 1906 would be more like 10,000 pounds or 10,000, 12,000 US dollars somewhere around there. A lot of money for 1906 for for people that had none. Uh, and they used that money to redo his crypt to maintain his uh, resting place, which was absolutely amazing. What an act from the, the locals. But this wasn't a normal case. This is something that went it's very out of the box for communities to do anything like that. Yeah, the, the, the practice has been carried through, actually came into the United States. Um, it was very prevalent in the Appalachian region of the United States near the East Coast areas. Which is really amazing because um, for it to end up in the U.S. at the, the, the Appalachians, uh, that mountain range uh, goes up the, up the coast, uh, up, not up the coast, but on the east, east coast it goes through the United States. But it doesn't end when it hits water. It goes underwater. There's still a mountain range there. And guess where it ends up? Scotland, England, Ireland, Welsh, that area. So it's just really kind of neat how it all focused along that that run, that that uh, that mountain range. It's just it's just kind of an interesting side note I thought I'd share. But uh, yeah, the practice was was taken by many different cultures, uh, like the shamans of Mexico. Actually, theirs was a little bit kind of more crude. Well, I can't say crude. What do I know? Um, but they would uh, they would perjure themselves as they took the the sins of the of the dying of you know their wrongdoings took it upon themselves to absolve them uh, yeah I mean that would be horrible you have a Mexican shaman sitting beside your bed throwing up while you're dying that just seems very yeah you know but I mean I guess that's why a lot of these practices <laughs> are more underground now but there's a uh, that was a way that they would do specific types of healing. And the other, a lot of times uh, shamans would do a purge, or uh, sometimes they would uh, they would they would overeat, uh, binge on uh, different types of fermented fruits and things like that. But these are all different practices um, that basically stem around the same thing. These are old traditions, but traditions that people this this was commonplace for people. Which we don't hear about it much anymore. The the idea of sin eating is, uh, for some, is a is a very gruesome task. But when you believe in something, no matter what it is, and uh, you believe strongly in it, in essence, you can make that real for you or others around you. It's it's conviction, and that's something that I think has fallen has really fallen on the wayside. Uh, any type of conviction in belief of anything anymore. There's a lot of finger pointing anymore. There's, there's animosity, there's division, there's, there's all sorts of things. But these practices, such as sin eating and, and, and things like that, uh, it brought communities and people together, much like any areas of worship did, whether you be uh, in a, a druidic circle, calling the corners in your coven, attending church, 
whatever it is, it, it was about bringing people together, about sharing an idea, a belief, and having those convictions to, to really immerse yourself in, in all of it. I mean, some say that the, uh, the dis-ease of this Western world in which we live in, uh, and industrial growth, has pretty much condemned uh, the, these actions, uh, and we, we, we put more stock in technology than fulfilling the needs of our souls, be that uh, collectively or individually. Even some older traditions that lost its way came back in the, uh, you know, the 16th, 17th, 1800s, um, such as uh, uh, death watching, which was primarily uh, a thing that uh, was very, and is still very popular in the Jewish communities. People would come uh, and the, the bodies would be placed up on the sepulcher and uh, people would come by and view the bodies. We do that today in, uh, in you know, funeral homes. Uh, a lot of times there's viewings. Um, if you notice nowadays, uh, viewing bodies and stuff, that's an extra charge. See, the, the, the entire idea of um, profiting from the dead is, is, is not a new thing. This is something that has been going on for a very long time. They've, they've, they've turned these old traditions into big businesses. The practice of viewing the dead was also done in many Christian faiths. I mean, as I said, we do this all the time every time someone passes away. But again, practices that have been taking advantage and, and about death. I mean, if you can make a buck on death, it was done. There was even, uh, to a point, uh, some traditions would say that they would gather the villagers to show, uh, it was more of a popularity thing. Uh, how many people can you get outside your home to mourn the death of your loved one? Uh, and to do this, they would bribe them with food. And the number one food that was usually used is something we take for granted every day when we eat breakfast, which was a pancake. That's primarily the, the what that food, our idea of the modern pancake was this food. This is what this type of food was used for for death ceremonies. So next time you eat breakfast, you need a little maple syrup. Think about this. This was something that they would eat outside the homes of those that were passing. Uh, and again, it was said that the, they're getting a free meal out of it, but it was said that the sins and wrongdoings would, as the body uh, lay there dying and their, and their spirit leaves them, all their sins, all their, all their, their bad things would float outside and be attracted to the consumables, the, the foods that we were ingesting. Uh, and that's, that's, again, another version of take and eat. It's one of those type of things that uh, we just kind of take for granted. They're just there. We, there's no meaning behind them anymore. And it's a shame because uh, all of these things we do, if you really look at the practices of modern society, we have taken bits and pieces of things that actually meant something to somebody. Uh, we've become such a society of convenience and and doing without thinking uh, that uh, at least back then people had a reason for everything they did. Every commodity was a precious commodity. 
and it was the only way of I don't know how to word it uh, community it was the only way it, it was community togetherness it was bringing everybody together uh, and it, it just got perverted over the centuries of of this overly done money making thing it's 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 a shame in a way uh, but again a lot of these practices are still done today and it's 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 kind of a nice thing you go into these the the old communities the the eastern european and western european villages the uh you know you you take a walk through italy you're going to see some traditions there that uh are going to be extremely foreign to you i mean i took a tour of italy not too long ago and realized that uh things i thought people didn't do anymore are, are just daily things and it's amazing. It really, it's a, it's an eye-opening thing that really Western culture has put a kibosh on the uh, the ideas and the traditions of the people that make, say, the United States. I mean, we are a melting pot of culture. Uh, in creating our own culture, we have forgotten where our traditions lied where we forgot where we came from I mean it's so important to have a sense of self and it's important to have a sense of where you came from even when you're coming into a modern society I mean that's what makes a together culture that's what makes us who we are we do per, uh, we do uh, things like wakes still. That's a that's a very much an Irish tradition, Scottish tradition that that area. We hire, we not all, but certain cultures, head whalers. They would come as people of the village, and they would come to your, the 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 side of the uh, person who, who was passing or had passed, and they would wail. They would they would cry out. They would, to 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 wake the uh, people at the gates to let the soul in and it, it was it we've turned it into more of a status symbol now you will still go to certain services and there will will be whalers there but most of the time they're paid and last but not least I'll get into this little piece here the one last thing that you're going to do in life is die and guess what? You still have to pay your taxes. That's right, death taxes. Thank you so much, death taxes. A wonderful thing invented to <laughs> still keep you down in the end. Um, but again, all of these things, uh, whether it be sin eating, watching any of the... Um, shamanistic traditions and things like that of old um, it was you know they, they were a way of um, providing a little for those who did but in the end it became so much more it became 
a way of taking advantage of the families and uh, taking the last dime in your pocket. Um, I'm a big believer in a lot of old traditions, old ways of doing things. I wish we would go back to certain ones. The true meaning behind them has been lost and I think it's something that we need to really go back and look at and if you want to try to change things in modern times sometimes the best thing to do is to look at your traditions and, and look at look at the things in your life now and say you know what there's got to be an easier way to do this a simpler way and that's pretty much all I wanted to say on the topic today um, keep it simple people uh, I hope you enjoy this episode of ghost scrappers sin eaters and the like um, it's kind of a cliff notes version and overview of, of the topic once again thank you my name is rum and I hope to uh, do this again with you soon uh, we have a lot of great topics coming up and a lot of uh, a lot of fun coming your way co-hosts and whatnot so uh, join us next time goodbye please join us next time to talk about all things paranormal on our next episode of Ghost Grabbers.